Welcome back to another episode of 7 Minutes of History, because you know you got a lot to do and not a lot of time to do it in. So this is it. Congratulations. You've made it to the end of the year, and now you have your final exam. So the final exam is on the 20th century, and what I want to do is break this up into two podcasts in order to help you out. We're going to start off with the first half of the 20th century, going from progressivism after the Cold War. So let's start off progressivism. So at the beginning of the century, the American federal government was largely based on the idea of laissez-faire, keeping its hands out of the economy. But that changed. And why did it change? Well, a big part of it had to do with the muckrakers. Remember, those were this group of journalists that exposed problems. And those problems began at the local level, but eventually President Roosevelt, who hated the muckrakers, in fact, gave them their name, he jumped onto the program. Why? Because he read that book, The Jungle, where he saw that meatpacking was a real problem. So he came up with three C's, conservation, uh, the protection against corporations, and the protection for consumers. That led to laws like the Pure Food and Drug Act, providing information to people. Also led to trust busting. A good example of that was with the national securities uh, pool out in the Southwest um, that was broken down. It was a railroad pool. We also had the big movement of conservation versus preservation whether we should conserve resources for the future or preserve our nature completely. Now, eventually Roosevelt ended his term in about 1908 and William Howard Taft became president. But in 1912, Roosevelt felt that William Howard Taft just wasn't progressive enough. And so he formed the Bull Moose Party. The Bull Moose Party basically split the votes with the Republicans and that allowed Woodrow Wilson, the Democrat, who was also progressive, to come into power under what he called the New Freedom. In the New Freedom, he believed in breaking everything down. He did that with the Federal Reserve Act, breaking down the banking industry, the Clayton Antitrust Act, making sure monopolies would be broken down, and the creation of a higher tariff, the Underwood Tariff, for more competition. Welcome back to another episode of 7 Minutes of History, because you know you got a lot to do and not a lot of time to do it in. So this is it. Congratulations. You've made it to the end of the year and now you have your final exam. So the final exam is on the 20th century. And what I want to do is break this up into two podcasts in order to help you out. We're going to start off with the first half of the 20th century, going from progressivism after the Cold War. So let's start off with progressivism. So at the beginning of the century, the American federal government was largely based on the idea of laissez-faire, keeping its hands out of the economy. But that changed. And why did it change? Well, a big part of it had to do with the muckrakers. Remember, those were this group of journalists that exposed problems. And those problems began at the local level, but eventually President Roosevelt, who hated the muckrakers, in fact, gave them their name, he jumped onto the program. Why? Because he read that book, The Jungle, where he saw that meatpacking was a real problem. So he came up with three C's, conservation, uh, the protection against corporations, and the protection for consumers. That led to laws like the Pure Food and Drug Act, providing information to people. Also led to trust busting. A good example of that was with the national securities uh, pool out in the Southwest um, that was broken down. It was a railroad pool. We also had the big movement of conservation versus preservation, whether we should conserve resources for the future or preserve our nature completely. Now, eventually Roosevelt ended his term in about 1908 and William Howard Taft became president. But in 1912, Roosevelt felt that William Howard Taft just wasn't progressive enough. And so he formed the Bull Moose Party. The Bull Moose Party basically split the votes with the Republicans and that allowed Woodrow Wilson, the Democrat, who was also progressive, to come into power under what he called the New Freedom. In the New Freedom, he believed in breaking everything down. He 
you did that with the Federal Reserve Act, breaking down the banking industry, the Clayton Antitrust Act, making sure monopolies would be broken down, and the creation of a higher tariff, the Underwood Tariff, for more competition. Okay, so now we get into the Roaring Twenties. The Roaring Twenties started off after World War I with the United States climbing into a new power in the world economically. Why? Well, largely because of new technologies like the domestic appliances, things like, for example, the vacuum cleaner or, for example, the icebox or, for example, the radio and movies at this time period. People were able to do this because they used techniques called buying on the margin, buying into the stock market by borrowing 90%, putting 10% down, or installment payments, sort of a a credit for its time period. Eventually in 1929, this all came crashing down and when it did, people not only lost their money, they were now in debt. And the problem was the Federal Reserve reacted the wrong way. They pulled back on allowing for money to be out to the economy, fearing inflation, when they probably should have been spending on the economy, boosting consumerism. The first reaction comes from Herbert Hoover. We call this a laissez-faire reaction, which is not entirely true. Herbert Hoover did spend money on the economy, just not that much. Then in 1932, Hoover made a huge mistake. He passed the Smoot-Hawley tariff, which raised tariff on agricultural goods. His hope by doing that was that we were going to be able to raise more money in order to pay off debts. Instead, it led to a tariff war across the world, which deepened the problem. Okay, so now we get into the Roaring Twenties. The Roaring Twenties started off after World War I with the United States climbing into a new power in the world economically. Why? Well, largely because of new technologies like the domestic appliances, things like, for example, the vacuum cleaner or, for example, the icebox or, for example, the radio and movies at this time period. People were able to do this because they used techniques called buying on the margin, buying into the stock market by borrowing 90%, putting 10% down, or installment payments, sort of a credit for its time period. Eventually in 1929, this all came crashing down and when it did, people not only lost their money, they were now in debt. And the problem was the Federal Reserve reacted the wrong way. They pulled back on allowing for money to be out to the economy, fearing inflation, when they probably should have been spending on the economy, boosting consumerism. The first reaction comes from Herbert Hoover. We call this a laissez-faire reaction, which is not entirely true. Herbert Hoover did spend money on the economy, just not that much. Then in 1932, Hoover made a huge mistake. He passed the Smoot-Hawley tariff, which raised tariff on agricultural goods. His hope by doing that was that we were going to be able to raise more money in order to pay off debts. Instead, it led to a tariff war across the world, which just deepened the problem. Then we hit World War II. In World War II, again, the United States tries to stay out with the Neutrality Acts, but then they realize that fascism was taking over throughout all of Western Europe and Japan was taking over in China. So because of that, the United States decided to get involved. And of course, the big involvement that took place took place in 1941 after the attack on Pearl Harbor. Now, what you need to remember is once we got involved, a few big things happened that are really important. Number one, massive spending that takes place that drops the unemployment rate, and that basically ends the Great Depression. Also, African Americans and women became a part of the economy by entering into the factory workforce in the major urban centers. That's going to set us up eventually for the civil rights movement. And last off, when the war ends, it's because of the dropping of the two atomic bombs.
Then we hit World War II. In World War II, again, the United States tries to stay out with the Neutrality Acts, but then they realize that fascism was taking over throughout all of Western Europe and Japan was taking over in China. So because of that, the United States decided to get involved. And of course, the big involvement that took place took place in 1941 after the attack on Pearl Harbor. Now, what you need to remember is once we got involved, a few big things happened that are really important. Number one, massive spending that takes place that drops the unemployment rate, and that basically ends the Great Depression. Also, African-Americans and women became a part of the economy by entering into the factory workforce in the major urban centers. That's going to set us up eventually for the civil rights movement. And last off, when the war ends, it's because of the dropping of the two atomic bombs. So we end this first part basically at the United States rising into global power, but having a major competitor in the world with the Soviet Union in the beginning of the Cold War. We'll pick up from here with the second section of the 20th century.